One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal sequel Hate and love they fight it I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is December 29th, 2022. My name is Zach Weber. And joining me today is Toy Collector, Chris Porteous. I enjoy steak at the Rainforest Cafe. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. And we have KB Toys manager, Joe Yazzo. I too like steak at the Rainforest Cafe, but with ketchup on it. Oh, right. I'm, I'm glad Misery loves company. And we have host of the Unbelievers podcast, Russ Ryan. What? Hello, Zach and Chris. And yes, oh, it's, as far as the Ring Force Cafe, I'm stuck in the gift shop out front. I'm just looking around, playing with the animatronics. <laughs> Russ just really likes the monkey that like rocks the bamboo tree back and forth over and over and over again. It's spellbinding every time I go. I- but yes, folks, we are here to talk about the concluding episodes of everybody's favorite dish at the Rainforest Cafe, Calrissian Endor. The character that I, I, there was some debate as to whether it was Chris or I who coined the phrase, maybe the second most boring character in the history of Star Wars beyond Poe Dameron. We are finally discussing a show that got, I think, slightly better, as I coined in the last episode a good dessert at the rainforest cafe because at least the last two episodes felt like star Wars. It wasn't star Wars version of the wire combined with the West wing. So thoughts, gentlemen. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I liked the entire series. I know, I know the steak at the rainforest cafe, but I'm, I was, I think I've been ready for that. I know a lot of people fall on different sides of it, of, of wanting things this way or that way. And it never really falls in the middle like we want, but this did go a little too far trying to be the steak, but that was okay. I, I liked how it uh, concluded. I know we're going to get really into it, but I enjoyed Andor. All right. Yeah, give the guy a break. He enjoyed a good show. Like, like don't be too hard on him now. Um, you know, everybody's like, everybody's heard me uh, wax and poetic about Andor. That's the best thing that Disney Star Wars has done. Um, it's pretty much still my opinion on that. Um, you know, when we when we sort of look at the the back half of the Andor episodes, you have the bridge episode seven where Andor winds winds up in jail after he. Uh, goes back home to Ferex for a, a brief uh, meeting with Marva there. And I, I, I'm glad they, I'm glad they moved into seven uh, to sort of an offbeat, not part of an arc with seven, just so that it, it was, it, I think it would have felt a little too formulaic if the whole 12 episodes was like three episode arcs that followed a very similar structure. So that sort of threw it off a little bit and that was good. But um, just generally like, you know, everybody it's, it's old news by this point, but, the whole the whole the prison arc is is you if you would have told me that he spends three episodes in jail 
at the, just in the synopsis, I would have been like, could that get more boring? But in, in execution, it's, it just, it doesn't feel that way. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And just even from everything from design to Andy Serkis giving an actual decent performance in a Star Wars property, like this, this had everything I wanted. I'm going to deduct five points simply because he does not get cut in half toward the end of his thing. There's time. Well, we don't know where he where he's going to end up. He doesn't swim. Uh, I think I have a feeling we may see him again. <laughs> he doesn't swim, so you know he's not. Gonna- yeah, we're going. We don't need to swim. He's going to say something like that. I think what they're going to do is in in like the Ahsoka show, she's going to come back and he's going to still be in there. <laughs> And I think that would be a great tie-in. He's like he's like Gollum. He's been in there for yeah. like six months in the, in the empty jail. And he's going to be like, uh, my precious, <laughs> you've come back. No, but you know that isn't. Aren't fans on the internet so annoying? It's like the first thing everyone <laughs> wants to talk about is, oh my gosh, did Kino die? He's dead. Is he not dead? And they're asking Tony Gilroy about it, making Tony Gilroy comment on the on whether Kino is alive or dead. It's like, could you guys like watch the show, like? He's meant to be dead. And, and if he's not dead, <laughs> if he's not dead, it's a problem narratively. Like he's supposed, he should be dead. Like the whole point is that he's dead. And you have these people who are like, oh, can we, are we done with Andy Serkis in this? What do you mean? After he gave like a 10 times better performance than Snoke, <laughs> are we done with him? Are you guys worried that we're done with him after that amazing three episodes? Get over it. He died. All these movies are dead. I love the part on some of these other uh, sites that they're like, well, we now know where Snoop comes from. I was like, oh, like they clone the guy from a prison facility. <laughs> <laughs> we have found the perfect candidate, this super old, you know, bitter yeah. guy who was, uh, didn't really know what he was doing out there until the very last minute. Palpatine gets to the prison planet and he's like, you, you stayed. I'm going to take you and clone you. Yeah, well, you know, he found out that he's Sheev's, like, uh, cousin once removed, so he was a good genetic match. But uh, but honestly, like, wow, the fact that that was even a conversation, terrible. The fact that people are worried about whether he's alive or dead, terrible. But uh, the arc itself, amazing, and he did a great job. Like, you've, you, like you, you just believe that he has a history that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> unlike asking yourself why his previous character was there in the first place at all it's really remarkable um i and you know like i don't know zach like you, like so if you liked the last two episodes i'm guessing the prison arc for you was was just not up your alley either huh it's the, the final episode of the prison arc was fun because like watching them like plan their escape and they like have all these things like watching him like trying to like cut the hose in the bathroom i i appreciated that for what it was but again like i was re-watching parts of 11 and 12 today and like watching calrissian endor and melshi and you have like the weird like buffoon aliens and the quad jumper and i'm like this is what star wars is like, I don't care. Like, I'm glad that y'all like steak at the Rainforest Cafe, but like, I want Goofy. Like, I want my somehow Palpatine returned. I want my Goofy little aliens by their campfire and their like little gooey nets that like, like, I don't know what they're doing there. They have like their ship there as like bait and they're just waiting for someone to try to like steal their ride. And it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, no, no, we hate Empire too. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, Empire bad blah 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 and then like ship flies away and i'm like 
I don't know. Like it's it was almost like holiday special level, like incomprehensible. Like I guess it's good visual storytelling, but like I was amused nonetheless. I was it wasn't watching a bunch of men in jumpsuits build parts of the Death Star for like an hour and a half. They were they were clearly fishermen, as far as I'm concerned, Zach. Is is that what it is? They were fishing above water. They were fishing on the ground. Weren't they right beside like a weird pool of some kind? Well, I, I know, like they were something. Like that's the thing. Like it was like a creek bed or something like that. It seemed like they were in a canyon almost. Well, yeah. Like the whole thing is that, like I guess like the empire is like draining like the water from like their small little like lakes and ponds. But like that's the thing I like. It's it's just so inexplicable and just it's it's a means to an end of getting calrissian endor off the planet it's it's not this whole i don't want to call andor pretentious but relative to other star wars things it feels pretentious and i liked it when it's again going back to what star wars is supposed to be pulpy space nonsense like even the whole thing with luthan in the escaping the tractor beam that was great like i i want more star in my star wars yeah, that really, I don't think that really got me going. I, I know you guys had discussed it briefly talking about, uh, there was a bit of outrage about a continuous laser, but when that part happened, I mean, that whole sequence is great. And I don't know who else just immediately recognizes uh, that ship as Macquarie art as like some of the original Star Destroyer art that they that had just ridiculous radars on the front. I know we see a piece of that in Rogue One. It's it's uh, Colin Cantwell, not Macquarie. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's definitely pre-production art of it, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I've recognized that that ship immediately, and and I got I got very. I was like, oh, they made it actually make sense because if all the ships looked like that, it would have looked stupid. But having that one that does that, I I love that. Yeah, and it's nice because it was gonna appear in Solo, but I guess it got cut out or it's in there for like five seconds or something. And you know, Colin Cantwell, interesting dude, made like. The, the, he made models of the ships before Macquarie was brought on board and Lucas actually brought them to like pitch meetings at Fox and stuff and if you Google them they're pretty wild looking versions of the X-Wing and TIE Fighter and the Death Star and maybe a Y-Wing and this Star Destroyer and he like um, he he passed away maybe a year or two ago but he had like a uh, a two or three year sort of resurgence recently where he was hitting conventions and stuff and uh, having a lot of good wholesome interactions with fans so it's cool to see that actually used prominently in something that seems very batman i was like almost like that like uh like your picture of michael keaton driving the batmobile pulling off some kind of thing doing that you know, he's got these weird missiles that can shoot this part out and do this you know it's very very versatile little thing he has there that ship isn't that shit basically like a like a space tugboat like isn't that the whole point of it or, or am i just reading into it i don't know it reminds me a lot of the the fallen order ship without a giant pointless sail attached to it. <laughs> oh my God. The mantis, Chris, the mantis. Good old space sails and do. <laughs> so, but yes, that, that I like, again, I think I have all of Andor episode 11 was my favorite. 12 is a, again, fine conclusion. It, it does exactly what it needs to do. It, it's it's fine. It's serviceable. It puts all the pieces into place for the the next season. I really just don't know how they go from. I know what it's supposed to be another what four three episode arcs for season two, and each of them is like a year leading toward like a direct connection to like Rogue One. We're gonna see Calrissian Endor and K two SO go to save Jyn or so. 
So I don't know how they're going to sit there, like completely build the rebellion and basically, I don't know, 10 hours of content. Yeah, but they're going to be skipping years, so it shouldn't be that hard. Well, but no, no, I don't mean that like in a way as in like, oh, like how are they going to fill this out? I mean, quite the opposite of that. I'm like, again, again, steak at the rainforest cafe. But again, there is content here. It reminds me of a lot of like what Rebels did. Where it was like the end, a season three finale of Rebels. It's like, oh, we're going to Yavin, and it's like, oh, we're already there. I got, I got to double check that. But like, was that is Yavin base already like set up when they show up there, or is that like the beginning of it? I don't know, but like that was the whole thing of um Rebels season three was like, Kanan was blind, Ezra was more or less a Jedi at this point, and season three took place on um. God, what, I forget what planet it was called. It was a planet with the Bendu and all of that where Thrawn comes and like tries to like pretty much like wipes them all out. And then like it ends with I I don't know if Mon Mothma's there on the ship with them, but like it's Zeb, Rex, and all them. It's like, oh, we're go- we're going to Yavin. And it felt so like, oh, like we were, we went from like, oh, there's like these six people who are just causing chaos in the Empire to season two is vader maul all of this and then like season three obviously maul is dead thrawn is kind of still floating out in the ether because he hasn't been taken off the board yet and it's like oh we're going straight to the oven and it's like i don't know like this for a time period they just won't get out of for for many reasons they they always are rushing the let's get to yavin it's like you tell like after all this stuff with like Anton Krieger and Saw Guerrera and all of that, like they keep mentioning all these multiple factions. Can we can we spend time with these multiple factions as opposed to just running to Yavin as fast as we can? Because I recognize that. It feels like there's a lot to fold into how this is supposed to conclude, leading basically up to New Hope, right? Uh, the fact that all this stuff is set up with Mon Mothma, is that going to be like quick? I mean, they're going to have to do some kind of time jumps or something. Are they going to fold Darth Maul in? Is he around? He is alive. He is alive during this time period. It's Solo. Yeah, it's just too much for people. They can't do that. People will die. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing, though. You've got these other, these two wildly different tones going on at the exact same time. If you look at the, at the Rebels timeline and where this is, and it's like same people doing completely different, you know, attitudes towards things. It's... It's gonna be interesting because even in rebels there's the whole thing where like saw hijacks like their communication and there's like a giant hologram of him like arguing with mon mothma on yavin like this is like i know chris both loves and hates the fact that like this is all within the same time period as like roken and kenobi and solo like it's all like in a matter of a couple years of each other it, but it is like as much as these things are tonally night and day from each other they are all like basically shoulder rubbing distance apart it's getting confusing just so wait the events of kenobi have taken place already before what we're seeing now right yes. yeah okay i'm trying to imagine okay i guess yeah it would happen years earlier All right. but that's the thing like pretty much in your 19 year time span between revenge of the sith and a new hope like solo oh god rogue one kenobi like you have you have all this happening Ken- kenobi and solo are pretty much the exact same time and yes and season one of andor is several years after that mm-hmm. for those confused in the audience wait so eldon alden ehrenreich is like the same yes. size as uh okay. yes right. <laughs> i mean we saw an arranged marriage that seems way more uh more consensual than that at this point okay <laughs> 
We have Kira. Kira's still running around. I was say that is actually uh, actually how I, I how I met my wife. That was a very relatable scene. But who is Harrison Ford married to now? Uh, I want to see that age difference in pictures too. Calista Flockhart. Yeah, yeah. What's that? How big of a difference are we talking about? He, he's eighty, so even though she's twenty years younger than him, she's still a senior citizen at this point. <laughs> 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 Fair enough, Chris. Fair enough. Oh my god. So okay, obviously, like I don't care about Andor. It, does anybody have we talked on the record about the Indiana Jones Five trailer? I don't think on the record, Chris. What do you think of Indiana Jones in in the nursing home? It's going to be bland. It's going to be like rye bread. It's going to get the job done. <laughs> It's gonna. It's not so gonna. So many offend food analogies. <laughs> it's not gonna offend anyone. Are you sure about that? It's not gonna. Well, it's. It might. I don't know. I. I think at this point, like the 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 old man's like Crystal Skull is not my Indianapolis Jones. Those guys will be dead. Very happy with very dead or and or very happy with a bland offering. So, I, <laughs> so I think I think they'll. I think I will be one of the few people who's disappointed by it. That's what I think. Russ? Is, I don't think a lot of people are super jazzed about Indiana Jones anymore. I mean, I know I have just because uh, I, I really, I mean, of course, big, always been big Harrison Ford fan in Indy Jones. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm gauging this wrong. And uh, you did mention it, but you guys were speculating about the trailer a while ago. And you were talking to something about how his own timelines can get erased and there's time travel or something like that. I'm so glad you brought it up, Russ, because that was like a rumor on the internet that like, he like the movie was alleged because again this Indiana Jones movie also had like Rogue One level reshoots where they basically like reshot three quarters of the film. They've been making this since the seventies almost. Like they've been practically since he talked about Force Awakens. The whole deal was like, well, Harrison Ford is going to come back and do Force Awakens because he wants his last shot at Indy. And that yes, was, that's five years ago. This movie was supposed to come out in July twenty nineteen. Like, like let's all put that in perspective. But no, they delayed this movie over a year because they had to reshoot like the vast majority of it in the the rumor was that like he like erases himself from like continuity and Phoebe Waller Bridge L337 like takes over as a new Indiana Jones and after the trailer came out like and the director and but the main thing difference with her is that she says nothing belongs in a museum <laughs> somewhere there's like there's like a marketing executive at Disney's like yes yes hit all the buzzwords all at once i am no museum <laughs> <laughs> but no, the funny thing is that like that rumor has been very persistent on the internet and like James Mangold, a director, like not since Ryan Johnson and like the fallout of the last Jedi, have I seen a like Disney, like, Oh God, director be like, just like attacking trolls on the internet, which is fine. Like you can do whatever you want on social media, but I've never seen someone become so like defensive and indignant about like, this was never supposed to happen. He was never, it's like, if it's a rumor and this was, had no basis in reality, why are you so passionate on commenting against it? Like it clearly has struck a chord. And I find it fascinating that like, usually you don't become so indignant to a rumor unless it has some sliver of truth. Not only that, but if it has some sliver of truth, it, it's likely to come out these days at some point. Like even the even the Force Awakens art book says that George Lucas wanted Darth Maul and Darth Talon to be the, the, the sequel trilogy arch, arch nemesis, and it's like even that's a you know that's the official art of Force Awakens. So the there's some weird stories that they don't cover up, and like that's just a 
to uh to someone who's not passionate about the subject that's a relatively inconsequential plot beat it would have been interesting to have see someone else take a stab at being an actual sith master you know and you never really got to see that it turns out the whole time you know somehow palpatine was always that it would it would have been interesting to see someone else have to make that full journey into into uh lord of the sith not just uh well that's what that's what the acolyte is supposed to be like the beginnings of like the sith like coming back that's that's what that's supposed to be is the idea of like the evil brewing yet they're definitely going to avoid as many jedi as possible so that mace windu can say that they have or kiati mundu can say they haven't been seen for like a thousand years or something so you know they have to basically kill every jedi they run into before he calls the old folks home N- never mind too even uh oh god uh darth maul being like we'll finally reveal ourselves to the jedi so i don't know man it's uh i don't know i don't know but like okay going back to russ's comment about the idea of like palpatine being the only like evil space wizard how do you out evil space wizard palpatine like how how do you be an evil space wizard and and like not do what palpatine is like like chris in, in star again you like not like knights of the old republic like is that what darth malik is like another evil space wizard that what's interesting about darth malik and Revan is that they is that they were Jedi. That's an angle that hasn't really like been explored on screen yet, as far as a Sith Lord. That's kind of interesting. I'm just I'm just asking. It's like I don't know how do you outdo Palpatine? How do you do a different spin on that? Yeah, I mean, well, that's not what I said is not accurate. Obviously, Dooku was a Jedi, but Dooku seems like he was made up in five minutes. And then you have this <laughs> lovely backstory that was filled in over the years. But I like as far as his first appearance in Attack of the Clones, he really seems like he was made up over the weekend. But um, but oh man, Russ is holding up a lunchbox to the camera. Looks like he's giving a thumbs up there. Like that's how it looks like. If you like, you didn't know what you were looking at. He's agreeing with you. Like it looks like Dooku's just like giving a thumbs up as you're trying to eat your lunch as a kid. He's pointing the finger and giving the. He's trying to eat me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He wants you. Oh my god! You can't really outspace Wizard Palpatine. Palpatine was was the genesis of the Sith right there in in the first first three movies. It's true. I did feel that they were trying to do that in the sequel trilogy, though. When we saw uh, Snoke and all that, we're like, oh, there's another big wizard in the in our uh, front yard. Look at this. <laughs> I've never seen a big wizard before. And that's all, I couldn't think of what to say next. But uh, well, well, the one thing that was that was on the on the internet before, right after the rise of Skywalker, about Snoke was, you know, people were saying he was Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis never really died. You know, that would have been a nice angle too. I think they still got that in the back pocket. They can still oh, pull yeah. that out whenever they want. Lawrence Kasdan and JJ didn't know who Darth Plagueis was. They didn't watch episode three. Well, they watched it. They didn't. I don't think they really paid attention. But they uh, did not take notes. Yeah, man. That the sequel hate did really did come back to bite a lot of stuff. They did. It was really. I mean, the uh, prequel hate uh, really did bite into a lot of that stuff that affects affected everything we watch now. And then they realize when they do go back to it and they're like, people are like, oh, they react great. It's like, yeah, the people that like grew up liking that, you know, they enjoy it. And they don't they don't they're not of that generation that want the crap on it and everything like all the Lucas documentaries and all that that you guys were talking about recently. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing is when it, it's very hard to look back when you've already seen what happens 
supposedly next, especially with the prequels, that was a that was a gamble from the start because all it was was rumors and you know little side stories and it's stuff to make things work for the first three movies. I don't think in essence it was supposed to be you know fleshed out. I guess, but you didn't need to have Yoda and Sidious dueling in the middle of the Senate chambers, throwing buildings at each other for it to work for the original three movies. Like that was some exciting stuff, Joe. I don't know if you appreciate, appreciate that in retrospect, but like, especially like the last like 30 minutes of episode three is like some of the most absurd stuff ever put to digital 1080p film. It's nice. It's nice to look at, but you sit there and you look at, at the time, what movie wasn't doing that? It's true, but I think it was also Lucas looking at it at it's like this is it. This is the final thing I'm probably going to make live live action Star Wars, and I've yeah, got to I've got to close this out right. I've been getting crapped on for the last uh, six years for all this. Like, wait, do you see this? Fine, is this what you want? But I I think it turned out great. And I, and I know it. We are recording this after Christmas. I'm sure a few of us got some interesting Star Wars related Christmas stuff. I, I got something I wanted to bring up. It was a set of Star Wars mugs, and there's six mugs. And you can you look and you see you know Empire. I'm like, oh, this must be the art of the original six movies. This perfect set you can get, right? Six mugs, and there's Empire, there's New Hope, there's Return of the Jedi, there's another Empire one. There's I think that's a New Hope too, and then Revenge of the Sith, like the movie poster. I'm like, just put Episode two and one in there. It was right there, and it, it, I actually looked, glanced at it when I got. It. I was like, great, all the movies. I didn't really look at it until later, but man. What like what licensee is that? That's so funny because it's like that's like that got approved. So it's like them acknowledging like that basically after the original trilogy, people care about episode three. And it says a comic book pack. Uh, it's they're, they're mugs. It's very confusing. Yeah, whoever packaged this, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, show that to you guys. It might be also bootleg. <laughs> I think you guys like to think yeah, I'm getting a lot of people give me a lot of bootleg Star Wars stuff. What is with you and Russin buying bootleg like food Star Wars merchandise? People give me a lot of stuff that looks very bootlegged. It's not. I swear it's all uh, it's all uh, it's all on the level. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> People are buying stuff for me at swap meets. Yeah. Russ is going to the flea market just buying whatever Star Wars cook. They're at the swap meet. Oh yeah, we'll get some for Russ here. What's this? <laughs> Space battles? That looks like it. <laughs> I mean, that would be something. <laughs> like that like, that would be exciting. I didn't get anything any good Star Wars stuff. Chris, is there any any loved one or family or friend that could buy you a Star Wars thing that A, you don't already have, and B, it, it, that's the thing. If you were, it's it's the same trap that I imagine a lot of people fall into, like being a Star Wars fan. Most people just give up and be like, he, they have everything they already want. And if I get them something, it's either going to be a redundancy or something they don't want. Or like, just like a trash thing. They're like, oh, I know they wouldn't buy this because this is stupid. Exactly. So I know he doesn't have this. He has good stuff. He'll like these, he'll like these Wookiee slippers. <laughs> I did get one thing that like is actually sort of bootleg that was kind of cool, but like um, basically, um, so there's this guy in the in the UK named Andrew Ainsworth, and he produced the stormtrooper costumes for A New Hope, and he had like he was like selling like casts he made of the helmets in the UK. 20th Century Fox like sued him, and they're like, you can't sell that stuff. Uh, you don't own the copyright to that. You can't be like producing stormtrooper helmets and selling them. So he like took them to court, and the stormtrooper costume was deemed an industrial design. So this guy's allowed to sell products with stormtroopers on them in the UK and Canada, but not in the US. Hmm. So like around Christmas time, you get a lot of weird stuff 
like at the drugstores that have like stormtroopers like on hot sauce and like and like flavor syrup for coffee and like pancake uh like a pan shaped like a stormtrooper head and and it can't say star wars on it anywhere but it's like a, a stormtrooper like just giving a thumbs up like holding a hot sauce or something so i got some i got some stormtrooper hot sauces that are in glass bottles shaped like stormtrooper heads that you can't buy in america because that's how the lawsuit went down <laughs> come on you got to get those some of those over the border i need i need this i love hot sauce too this is a perfect gift i love this uh it made me think i i remember uh I guess it's thrown off because there was a Darth Vader involved too, but there was this weird catalog that I can remember looking at during the dark times, we're talking like the early nineties and there was no star Wars stuff going on at all, but it was called uh, things you never knew existed catalog. It also used to be called the Johnson Smith company a long time ago. And it's just all the pranks and gags and just garbage, but through catalog, you know, pre-internet actual catalogs. But I remember the one thing they did have was stormtrooper helmets and Darth Vader helmets. And, and I don't know why. And I never, they were, they were pricey, but it's not something you saw at the time. This was definitely during those dark times where things like that wouldn't be produced. So hearing that a guy could just get away with making stormtrooper stuff, maybe go, Hmm, maybe that guy just licensed his helmet out to, uh, to be sold in this catalog. Maybe, maybe there wasn't a Vader. It might've just been a stormtrooper in some of them. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know when he got first got in trouble for that, but the ones he was doing were like from the, like the original molds for a new hope. So they would have been like, like basically production accurate probably better looking actually because you look at some of the ones in a new hope and they're pretty beat up and like they got tape on them and stuff <laughs> like they didn't fare very well but um what you might have seen if it was a vader also is and if you look it up you'll probably recognize it but there were i be- i believe it was uh don post had like the sort of the high-end equivalent of like a halloween costume mask for like from 83 and i think they were produced through the 90s they're about 100 bucks sure yeah i can see that yeah yeah it probably was around that it's something you looked at as a kid and were like wow because when there was nothing star wars around and you were still into it you know think seeing something like that really stood out actually made you excited i gotta think also uh what about that prop from revenge of the nerds that uh that vader mask that that the guy wears at the uh at the at the big thing at the end you guys remember yeah. that where uh one of the nurse characters is dressed as like a knockoff vader mask has any collector ever found that knockoff mask i gotta double check what it looks like but um the i mean if it the dawn post one's pretty identifiable just because its proportions are a little off and like the top piece is a little small and it was actually uh it was actually used for for everyone who remembers the power of the force two figures a photo of it was used for the vader that's on the card back of the power of the force two cards and it just looks just a little bit off like they airbrushed it but the proportions are off so like that shows you even in like you know you wonder how hot toys palpatine ends up on episode nine poster well they were using a picture of a disproportionate halloween mask for the for the power of the force two card backs if anyone, there's not, it's not like there's a lack of pictures of Darth Vader, if of any from the film or or behind the scenes, anything that that is crazy. Yeah, so that makes total sense that that kind of thing would slip through. God, I forgot about that Hot Toys poster. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I don't know. It, I mean, the intention tonight was to talk about Andor. Zach obviously doesn't like it because he hates awesome fun things, and I'm saying that partially. He, he waited to distract us to go save his friend who had some kind of weird <laughs> space slug screaming in their ear before it died. Now, yeah, so yeah, we talk about we can get back to Andor and we'll get uh, a little bit with that. That was something I know torture is always a part of Star Wars. If you think about it, especially the original mo- movies, there's probably a torture scene in most Star Wars films. 
uh, even in Return of the Jedi, a droid is getting tortured. Han gets tortured. Leia's tortured. Uh, who Ray is tortured by Kylo Ren, yeah. but not a lot of torture in the prequels. But we get torture scenes in this, and which a very complicated way. Yeah, it's uh, not. I don't. I don't find it gratuitous though. Like you know, of course, the the exposition of what she's actually listening to is sort of gratuitous and horrifying. But like, they don't actually subject the audience to it, and. And that was really smart to me because nothing you could put in the soundtrack is going to generate the amount of terror that's visible on her face because, you know, the audience is listening to it themselves. So they're like, they'll, they'll be an, there'll be an unavoidable reaction of what's the big deal. I could listen to this all day as off-putting as it is. <laughs> I wouldn't be screaming. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so they, they, if you look at it that way, they, they couldn't really show you what it was, but, uh, they 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 learn from Borgullet. They're like, let's not show it. Let's just like imply that a lot's going on, and we don't need. When are we going to see Borgullet's origin? We could probably see that, huh? You think Andor's got a mission? He's got to go find a Borgullet. I just think it's like I I guess it's I guess they say it at some point, but I guess Saw is not on Jeddah, even though his hideout looks like virtually identical to his Jeddah hideout. Like, wait, that's not the same place. I don't think it is. Hmm. It's not where he comes out at the end where everything's blown. Man, I don't know. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. It looks real similar, but I didn't think they, I don't think they wanted to like connect it to, to Jeddah that early. Cause it's still like five, five years out or something. Right. Yeah. I don't know the lifespan of a Borgullet, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. You ever think it's like, I don't know. The, when I was the last time I watched Rogue One, which was like after, after I finished watching Andor, it struck me as very strange that, saw has set up shop like five like miles from occupied Jetta city and he's got like x-wings like parked outside and stuff <laughs> and like yeah we've learned that the empire is pretty good at scanning the yeah. areas especially where there's important stuff going on there's definitely a lot of important stuff going on in Jeddah. uh yeah yeah we're getting maybe well it's a few years later maybe they're just you know the empire's pulled a little tighter they've learned their lesson I, like, he didn't yeah, even put sheets over the x-wings or anything it's interesting but uh <laughs> he can see that he can see the Jeddah city blowing up from his from his window it's pretty it's pretty straightforward but um I, yeah i don't know like 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 i was saying when i was i was we talked me and zach talked about it a little bit last recording but like the, the big thing for me is like th this show sort of reveals that it it's it either either it's by design that they don't sort of m manage each of these productions so they all sort of play out the same way and they sort of trust directors to like do their thing or they like I, I don't know like it's just how could you how could like i just it's so weird to me the 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 way their hand the way this was handled versus like obi-wan in the book of boba fett right i feel like the book of boba fett we shouldn't even be referring to it as a show because it's really like they wanted to just it's do just an acid trip that came yeah, on yeah like they wanted to just do like two episodes of the mandalorian about boba fett but they thought that'll be w a too weird of a detour let's just call it something else that, that's what it seems like to me. So I, I guess it's not a fair comparison, but like for the Obi-Wan show, it's like, it's just, and this would have started production around the same time or before that even, I think. And so it's just interesting sort of how it, it was either not obvious to them how this was being done so differently or they didn't mind. 
Yeah, they, they seem to get a lot more hands-on with the, worrying about when they worried about the films. You hear all about the rewrites and the reshoots and the you know directors having to be replaced and set back. Uh, they seem to have a lot more confidence coming out, I guess, coming out of Mandalorian yeah. with all that. It's like they haven't failed yet. And they're like, well, whatever they're doing, let them do it. They obviously know, you know, they really trusted Favreau and it, it, it paid off amazingly. They're making, I mean, Baby Yoda is still everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, he's not going away ever. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, could you imagine if... um. I, th- I think that I think you, what you just said explained it to me because them forcibly removing Deborah Chow from the Obi-Wan show during production would have been from a from a optic standpoint, the like worst possible thing they could have done. So maybe that's really what it comes down to. Like they just sort of had to see how it played out and hope that most people don't notice, which I think ended up being true. Well, they, it all comes down to they actually had a story behind it instead of really cool scenes that they wanted to put on a show. And you sit there and you look at these different shows. When you go back to book of Boba Fett, you go back to Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, they, you could tell which ones they really wanted to show. And those were the the showcase ones, the ones where people were like, Oh, well it wasn't that bad. It did have this and it did have this. And then they threw a lot of rocks, but you sit there and look at Andor, it looks like it was a story and they're telling a story. It's not yeah, just it feels like we're just in the middle of it too. I with and with Boba Fett too, it kinda felt like, well, what what is the end? I mean, we don't know where Boba Fett is after this anyway. It's all blank canvas ahead as far as he goes. Like, I, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what when is a stopping point for this. There could have been another episode of Boba Fett tacked on at the end. It would have kind of been like, I guess, yeah, we guess we have to still keep there's probably something he has to still do. And there is, but I don't think we'll see it any more of it. Well, it's just like this. You know, you sit there and watch Christmas Vacation, all right? Everyone loves Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation. And then you sit there and give Cousin Eddie his own movie, and what happens? They did that? It's absolute nonsense because he's a supporting – yeah, they did. It was, it's the second one. They actually have it. You could actually sit there and probably get it for free online. Christmas Wait, Vacation. Is Randy Quaid is yes. in it? I've never heard of this. Yes, Christmas Vacation 2, uh, Uncle Eddie's Tropical something. See, Joe, the problem with you bringing that up is A, I'm interested in it and I will look into it now. But B, you're you're highlighting for Zach that that Zach, how little Joe's making up movies. That's the Ed Asner movie. Oh no. <laughs> what Ed Asner movie? What? Isn't Ed Asner in Vacation 2 or Christmas Vacation 2? I don't think he is. I I'm pretty sure Ed Asner is in that. <laughs> That's it's like they're on an island, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a real thing. Like, I can corroborate it, its existence. I've, I've seen clips of it, but never in its entirety. Yeah. Well, my, I was afraid you were you were going to take the fact that we were talking about Christmas Vacation 2, which may or may not exist, as a is sign. Is this an earnest movie you may be getting confused <laughs> with? Like, is Jim Barney on an island, maybe? It's Christmas time for some reason. It's. It's probably one of those like like very early because what Joe that came out like what ten fifteen years ago like it's not new. I think it was a direct to video too. Oh yeah yeah absolutely but like this is like it's oh god like the Warner Brothers equivalent of like a like Cinderella two or like Lady and the Tramp two. It's just when exploiting a brand. 
Well, yes, but National Lampoon also would just also lend their name out to whatever they want to. And now this probably is one of their more direct wants. But there are some terrible. There was the time where you could just buy the you could for like for I don't know forty grand or something buy the the the, the or something like that. You could buy the the rights to just call your movie National Lampoon something. And uh, there's a terrible one uh, called One Too Many, starring stuttering John Melendez, one of the worst uh, uh, entries to the National Lampoon series you can imagine. All that to say, Andor season one is really good. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen Christmas Vacation too? <laughs> I, would, I would. I would sooner watch uh, Jingle All the Way Two or Ace Ventura Three. Oh my! There's, there's an Ace Ventura Three in name only. Oh my god! Well, yeah, it's like a kid or something, right? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I know that that's real. I will we'll, we'll verify that. But he, but Andor goes back to the beach though cuz he has to go back and get his briefcase with his cool gun and everything else he needed. But that alien in that scene, I have a question for this. So is that one of the aliens? I know it's probably a Sc- a Scanlan, Scanlan alien. But isn't that the one of the aliens that replaced one of the Cantina aliens? Uh didn't that replace the Wolfman? That that alien that's sleeping in Andor's old cabana? Uh, I it had like a tendrily mouth to it and everything. It looked like something you saw actually in the uh special edition Cantina. I'm pretty sure that's Warren? just a a Scanlan alien. One of the one of the less reprehensible Scanlan aliens. I think I don't know. I think it's Lucas. It reminds me of the thing that replaced the Wolfman in one of the uh in in one of the scenes when they re you know quote unquote improved the Cantina scene. I mean, they really didn't do that much to it. Yeah, I guess they. I don't know. Maybe you could like it's maybe they for whatever reason that day Lucas woke up on the wrong side of the bed and he decided all these aliens are perfect except that werewolf guy. I don't know what I don't like him. I don't like the cut of his jib this morning. So we're going to just film. film. Sir, we just released a figure of him too. He's a, it's the power of the force too now. Even better. And I mean, the guy that the alien they replaced him with is not even like CGI or anything. And like, I think you can probably find a video of this, but like, it's literally just a different cantina alien, but they like put the mask on like upside down and put a hat on him. And it's like, it's an exi- it's like an it's an it's already existing canteen alien that's like backwards and that's the one they replaced with the wolfman it's pretty it's pretty criminal it it just stood out cuz there is a very a very much a lack of aliens in this uh in the series yeah. at all so what they do stand out and i get it Zach. those two guys on the creek bed were great and this guy was good i like that little alien sleeping too you didn't barely saw anything in this you didn't even see that pink rodian at all <laughs> there is i know I think it's somewhere on, oh God, Ferrix. There's the hookah smoking alien from The Force Awakens from Maz Kanata. He's like chilling in the background. He he is present. Yeah, Neil Scanlon aliens don't count. Obviously, they're not even <laughs> aliens. They're they're like weird, mo- like modern Muppets or something. I don't know. They're they're JJ verse aliens. All those, all the canteen aliens are too busy being in rebels in the same scene to keep being in every scene running around. Yeah. And the bad batch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. Bad batch coming. Joe, how excited are you for the bad batch season two? That's how excited I am. (laughs) Are we to assume you're actually going to not watch it? I'll still watch it so I can poke fun at it. Okay. But you hate watch it. It'll be a job, not a, not a passion to watch. There was like 30 minutes of the Bad Batch season one that was like thoroughly entertaining for sure. At least. 
Like, okay. Oh, God, because what? Bad Batch is what now? Like a year and a half old? approximately yeah they just they just had too much other stuff I feel like 10 years old i bet it seems like a lot has actually come out in between even though maybe it hasn't because what since bad batch we got what book of boba fett oh god book book of boba fett Man. obi-wan Endor, tales of the jedi yeah probably mando season two right was it even during that no yeah Mandalorian was season two was before that it was maybe directly before yeah because i think uh the mandalorian Stopped and then the Bad Batch took over mm-hmm. after it. Yeah, Bad Batch. I guess I don't know. Like if Bad, like Bad Batch could be interesting. If like how far they ride the like, I know like what Commander Cody's going to show up in this is like a prominent character supposedly, and that could be interesting seeing that whole dynamic play out. Just the idea of a high like oh, I don't know how to say a high ranking, but a a clone commander having to do something as opposed to like what we got a couple of them last season they're like what was it hauser that was the one that was like no men stand down this is wrong and like that was one episode and then you had like the whole what mount tarvis thing of oh god what's her name what's what's the kaminoan that's the cloning scientist lady mama sue on we no, it's, it's neither of those. It's the one <laughs> other one. There's only it, there's only three, and it's the one other one. But yeah, I don't remember the yes. name either. It's, it's the you one know. that you guys didn't nail the three. Process elimination, and and it's like what the clone commandos like ex- escorting her like into Mount Tarvis for them to like clone. Oh God, uh, oh God, what, what's his name, Chris from Heir to the Empire Chair. Oh God! Speaking of evil space wizards again, Prince Caesar? No, it's the guy with the the guy with the the guy with the long beard on the cover. I forget his name. Arcoon, Arcoon. I can no. I can I can see the name, but I can't pronounce it. There's a C apostrophe in there somewhere. Josh Abora or something like that. I feel really bad. Chris, can you you know what you know what Chris loves his legends. Chris, please describe the character of Luke without laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for proving the point immediately. Uh, but continue, Chris. Imagine if in a Star Wars sequel they just brought back Palpatine, but he's a clone. That's what Luke is like. You mean Luke? Yeah, and they only they put a second U in his name just so they didn't have to give him a different name, but the readers would know which one they were talking about. But he he's evil because of the extra U. <laughs> That is the most comic booky thing I think Star Wars might ever try to pull off, even in Legends. But even they, that's what Dark Empire was when they cl- like everybody gets mad at the Rise of Skywalker, but they cloned Palpatine in the comics. Like, like none of this is new. Like we can get mad at JJ for ripping off like other schlock, but we can't at least like you can't blame him for originating it. He's not that clever. Yeah, except for at the start, at the start of Dark Empire, the writers like listen. <laughs> I know this is stupid, but just tolerate it. And I'm sure when they finally get around to making movies about this, it'll be way better. Cut to 25 years later. <laughs> oh. oh, so you've come crawling back to the Dark Empire now, you know. And I guess Disney owns all that if they ever get desperate enough. But I don't think anyone's going to care about the point that we get that desperate. Well, they get they they own they respect the fact that they own it enough to republish it and sell it more for the people who like actually like reading decent things. Yeah, I like some of the repackages of things I've seen as far as uh, some of the legend stuff goes. They, they do a pretty good job of keeping it out there, too. It's yeah. not like they just threw it all in a, a, a vault or burnt it all. They, they, they pump it out. Yeah, I saw a new, um, a new like, uh, omnibus of 
in every single comic of Tales of the Jedi, that's pretty tempting. Because I don't like you don't I don't like reading the individual issues, which I I have them, but that's a pain to like read actual comics. You just damage them anyway. You gotta take them out of that that poly bag and make sure the tape doesn't stick to yeah. the back and it sticks on the back and you rip it. And you're like, why did I, I don't even want to? I don't care. It's probably stupid anyway. Now it's not worth anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Tales of the Jedi show has seen to the fact that those comics are not worth anything, but. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a bad show, but it was like because of the fact that it's com- a completely different uh, interpretation. It's really not related in name only. So they didn't really have much to do with it. I have a question for you guys, though, because there was a, you know, I've, I try to keep up with Star Wars as much as I can, of course. But there's something coming out, uh, coming soon that I, I know you mentioned the Acolyte. I know there's a few other things like on the horizon. One, I have no idea what it is at all. And please enlighten me. There has a, a few new shows coming out. I, I, every time I see the name, I'm like, "That is, is that a show? What is this?" And I feel terrible that I brought this up and I can't bring up the name. But it's not Acolyte, and it's not a oh, Skeleton yep. Crew. What? What is Skeleton Crew? I know nothing about it. But I keep seeing it on things like this is coming soon. Skeleton Crew. Does anyone know what this is? It's a children's program. Not. Oh no! Called Skeletons to scare them. It's like Mystery Science Three Thousand. No, oh my okay. God. Okay, <laughs> Joe is oh god, stating falsehoods, and Chris is being cynical. Skeleton Crew is basically going to be Star Wars' equivalent of Stranger Things. Look at it that way. It's Disney showing up to the party like ten years later, being like, "We've got them this time, guys." Is it live action? Is it- yes, it's Jude Law. Jude Law is like your like adult protagonist, but it's gonna be like a bunch of kids. It's like a coming of age story for like a bunch of Star Wars like peoples i hope i'm at best there's like a jedi in it that'd be great it's gonna be star wars goosebumps <laughs> i wish i wish we already have star wars goosebumps it's called galaxy of fear and it's goofy as hell but no russ skeleton crew is one of those things like it's um oh god john watts of uh, contemporary spider-man movie fame is like producing it it's it's his baby relatively speaking it just seems like a, it's such an outlier, but it definitely I've been starting to see the ad campaign kind of it's just at least showing up to where I'm questioning what is this, but not having the effort. I actually just wanting to ask you guys what it was and then loving that it's a children's show. It's this, it's this like I still have no idea what it's going to be, but it's, it's going to be like Obi-Wan basically. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, the, I think we also had a uh, last week we had the an announcement that uh that Hera is being played by the, the rumor right now. Na- the rumor now is Hera is going to be a Mary, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. I had seen an actress on that. Oh, that would be a real, real slap to Ash- Ashley Eckstein. If they're like, yeah, we got the other voice actress. You're like, what? Well, it's not the first time. Sorry. You're too young and pretty to play her. Ashley. He, he, she's like, hmm, I, I could ugly it up a little. So, but is that, was that like a, like a credible rumor, the casting for a uh, Hera? It's 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 best been bulletin, which I, I've got. I, I've oh god, that was a while ago now, where I got attacked for questioning the validity. I, I would say it. It's like every other Star Wars rumor on the internet. Sure, <laughs> like why not? We know a Mary Elizabeth Winstead is doing something in the Star Wars universe. I I could see it happening. I I I think it, it's kind of like a non announcement in that. It, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, again, talented actress. I like her in a handful of things, but I don't think she's any draw. It's kind of like, it, it's a headline for like nerds on the internet for like 15 minutes. And it's like, and moving on. 
it, it's the equivalent of what was it? Costco Reeves. It was like, Oh, Snoop Dogg's cousin is playing a character in the Mandalorian. It's like, okay. And like, in what impact does it have on anything? Nothing whatsoever. Find out on SmackDown as Sasha Banks announces her return to the Star Wars Mandalverse. Exactly. It, it's that. It's it's literally like a lead into something else. Hardly a character. Ah- ah- Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka is going to be. Uh, I I mean, I think that's the the what the rumor is for this hair casting. You know, I think that knowing that we're going to have like a whole bunch of hair and it might have like might have even reduced my excitement for it which was already pretty low i don't know hair is like like i don't doesn't strike me as a like i i don't know not never never was a big fan of her during rebels she always seemed like she was sort of um you know one of those characters the nerd like yeah like overly cautious to the point where where things could have played out better if not for her uh in, uh, in injecting herself into situations, she's the only competent person in the room during Rebels when Sabine is not there. I was wait, I was about to say what about Sabine, but and I, I was going to say Chopper too. But uh, well, Chopper's like the homicidal like pet dog. Good character. I mean, probably the best character on that. Yes, best character in there. I remember right as the Force Awakens was coming out, there was like all these stupid memes where like. Oh God! Like when Kylo Ren turns around, he's told like uh, a droid stole the freighter, and then it's like that week on Rebels, like Chopper stole a freighter. <laughs> like it was just it was it was like that weird like coincidental timing again, like the rise of Skywalker with like Ray Force healing along with a big whiskey Force healing, like that weird yeah, like true. kind of like a broken clock is right twice a day sort of magic. Like a few days before, like that Mando episode would come out on like Wednesday nights and that movie came out on Friday. It was the, it was like that week's episode. So it was like, oh, this is so fresh. Uh, maybe I'm remembering. That I find a real hard time believing that that was actually coordinated. <laughs> you're, you're telling me that somebody overheard somebody's idea for like a plot device and they're like, that would be brilliant. Like, like JJ and Chris Terrio like wrote themselves into like an even deeper pitfall that they typically write themselves into. And they're like, how do we get them outside of the snake pit? I think it's just the fans you know, seeing Jesus and toast and like trying to draw connections where there are none. Because it's like, it's, it's like so many star Wars specific things happen in both of those shows. And it's just like, they're just drawing like, you know, it's like the always sunny in Philadelphia meme with the guy with all this, the strings and like, they're drawing can fans draw connections where there are none it's like they want to you know they want to believe that kino's alive like for god's sake <laughs> we're going back to this now i'm gonna learn his name by the end of this too this is great and i love andor but i do have trouble with a lot of the character names if you're not luthan or andor or uh bix bix i was gonna say binks thank you for uh i know we're out of halloween time we don't think about binks right now but bix and a few other marva say just- marva Save Marva. She's a brick. Mm, Zach's right. favorite part of the last episode, obviously. That's that. Okay, I, we gotta touch upon that. Like the the climax to Andor is a space hologram, literally just being like, "Punch the Nazis!" It's like, like it's and like somebody like one of the Imperials just kicks over B two emo and like puts a coat on top of him. 
<laughs> like it's like that, that's where like again i like star wars when it's stupid <laughs> like it's really coming down to that like it's so like juxtaposed to like everything else we've watched this entire series like you just literally have them kick over the droid and put a coat on top of them to cover the hologram right? he would have totally shot him he wouldn't have kicked him over so ridiculous. But that's what i mean it's hysterical like it's so just like it's so clunky at times and it makes it all the more jarring considering how like streamlined the rest of the show is I mean, but B emo looks so like durable. Like, I don't think shooting him would do anything. Definitely, that blaster bowl is bouncing off and doing Maybe. something. So I guess people, kicking him over. I, I love that little guy. I really need his. I don't get vintage collection. Put him out. I need that little trash can around. He reminds me so much of the black hole. It's like it went all the way around. Oh, the yeah. black hole ripped off Star Wars, and then Star Wars went all the way back and ripped off the black hole and got him back with an even better version of their stupid droid. Yeah, those black hole. Like when I watch that, oh, like no. oh no, <laughs> on Disney Plus you can watch it anytime you want. It's great. Like just the way they did their eyes is so like five dollars. Like in that movie, it's just like, <laughs> it's like it, toilet it, paper rolls. It's totally terrible. Yeah, like uh, you know, cool design sort of, but they just have like hand painted cartoon eyes on these droids. <laughs> All right. I guess that their eyes look like 30s Mickey Mouse eyes and they're just like painted on the front. They're like they're like pillow Pac-Mans. I don't know. It's, such <laughs> a, it's hard to believe they tried to make a kids movie with Anthony Perkins and Ernest Borgnine with, and a oh, droid and, and, and zombies. Like, I remember pushed on me as a kid. I had all the storybooks and everything about I was like the inexplicable. That's a Star Wars effect. Yeah, but you know, an an army of zombie slaves as well. Like don't forget which okay, I have to ask. Speaking of the black hole, what is the most like misplaced emulation of like the success of Star Wars? Is it the black hole or is it Star Trek the motion picture? Like being like, we're gonna try to emulate space fantasy movie, and then like just be like, all people care about is the space. They don't care about the themes or just the 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 tone or the pacing, and just like doing science fiction with a capital S F. I mean, a black hole came and went so quickly. Star, Star Trek was already so known as kind of its return. And it was like, no, we like Star Wars because it wasn't, you know, space talking. We like space fighting, not just striking around. Like, you know, And trying to emulate that didn't really work because they it already had two. Uh, I don't know. I've never been a huge. I like the old Star Trek series, I guess, but I, I never thought the movies were anything rewatchable. And somehow Star Trek, the motion picture has been mentioned two Knights of Vader podcasts in a row for some reason. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, obviously that was like a bigger misstep, but it, it made enough for them to make sequels and like Star Trek two, three, and four are like a lot closer to the feeling of like the sort of George Lucas type, like Indiana Jones, like a new hope like sort of structure where like it's a lot less in the weeds about its science fiction and it's just like more of a standard adventure story and like those i don't know i i love that the the series of i love the william shatner nimoy movies but uh the first one's probably like doesn't really fit in with the rest but obviously black hole is like the biggest fail out of all of that because its current existence in pop culture is like when NECA like puts out new figures of it or something like that's that's as that's the heights it reaches these days. But was someone who was even, you know, just so familiar with it just because I was just happened to be at the right age to be getting these stupid storybooks and stuff. Didn't care about the movie. I, I completely blocked out of my mind until I noticed it on Disney Plus again. I was like, oh, yeah, the black hole. I remember all of this. I remember these stupid droids names and everything or robots, whatever they are. Oh, is it one of them yeah. called Maximilian? Yeah. Yes, That's I've never evil. seen the black hole. 
Oh, really? Entirety. That's nuts. You should definitely do that. That'd be a, a, a good uh, cinemodities or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just get the whole Knights of Vader crew on there, trick them into, uh, to, to, like, it's, a, it's just like Star Wars, guys. You'll love it. It's droids. Ernest <laughs> Borgnine, zombie warriors. <laughs> I will say that I did some research on Christmas Vacation, too, and Ed Asner is indeed in it, along with, uh, oh, God, Fred Willard. Ernest Borgnine, Ed Asner, with the references in this. There's some classic uh, 70s actors all, all being brought up tonight in this talk of Andor. It, it came out in 2003. So, like, it, it, it's it been around for, like, 20 years now. So, and exactly, like, a novelty. The fact that it hasn't become a holiday classic either. And people are uh, still, like, o- over the moon about Christmas vacation. That is definitely. Well, come on. You need that Chevy Chase magic, Russ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it should be out. It should be out in stores. Hopefully, with the twentieth anniversary DVD that comes out. <laughs> There's a local. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys have heard of Raisin Cane's the chicken. Uh, the have you heard of that? Uh, what that chicken? Uh, there's a, a a chain chicken restaurant called Raisin Cane's. It's very big down here, but they have they use um, Chevy Chase in their marketing as Clarksmas during Christmas. Like it's, uh, there's all these signs everywhere with Chevy Chase on on fried chicken signs. No, this is the first I've ever heard about this. Right? No. Raising Cane's Clark's Clarksmith. It's been going on. Yeah, you can get oh you free God. dipping sauces for Clark. Rush, you might as well live in another part of the world right now. You might as well. I'm <laughs> getting about on this eBay. country. Getting on eBay right now. <laughs> oh my god so like well they're okay i will say that like lucasfilm like star wars news i guess what we have a hard release date for jedi survivor so that's gonna be what two months from now give or take awesome i will be buying it and playing it day one and well you also have what we had a new trailer for that that isn't particularly like it looks like i don't know that it's a very bad trailer like it doesn't really tell you anything about the game plot wise other than just like you're gonna do things slightly different than what you did three years ago like it's still watered down force unleashed mechanics but at least the story seems like not like the same thing we already went through the first game it's not like a guy trying to pick himself up it seems like oh this guy's like digging a hole into like weird space wizardry and it's like oh and like he lets loose some guy who's been like locked away for thousands of years which hopefully resulting I, in his inevitable death <laughs> or a new space wizard that we've been hoping for we need a new space wizard arc but like okay this is the thing though like does it like now with ahsoka running around does it really matter that like there's other jedi floating around like if there were ten thousand of these people and yes even if there's more than just obi-wan and yoda does it matter if there's like three more floating out like in the ether? Does does it really? Yeah, it does. The way though, here's the here's the thing. The way I look at it now, it's like I just have to block Ahsoka out of my brain because <laughs> because what what Andor versus Kenobi, <laughs> what the, the people of Andor versus Kenobi has shown me is that you can't really hold all these things in your mind at the same time. You'll go insane because it's because one has broken and the other is good, and you can't. <laughs> You like you'll you'll literally just go insane. You'll you'll go into rampancy if you try and imagine that all these things are happening at the same time. And really, it's just a matter of whether a particular creative team is like is like taking the content seriously and like honoring the 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 lore or not. And Filoni is just off the rails. He's just doing lines off the desk, putting Ahsoka and everything. Ahsoka's God. Hey, Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, Cal Calrissian is a little more reined in. And it's been a while. Like, you know, we used to get like 
nonsense Jedi adventure video games all the time, not just Force Unleashed. There's a bunch of other ones. And, you know, it's like it's been long enough. I'm I'm excited for this one. It's got a little bit of a the plot's a little more nebulous at this point, which we know like the marketing for uh, Fallen Order was so tied into the idea of Order 66 and the purge troopers sort of hunting down the Jedi with the Inquisitors. This, I really don't know what to expect. The trailer showed the introduction of some new characters, but we don't know a whole lot about them. I'm excited that I don't know where it's going. But this is this is the thing, though. Like, I again, going just real quick, going back to the point I brought up, is that like, it also kind of bases off of like what Palpatine says to Vader at the end of Kenobi. It's like... Like the, there's no point to hunting the Jedi anymore. There's not enough of them. For, even like they're they're not they're not potent enough to do anything. Like by devoting resources to them, you're giving them more power than they deserve. And I think that's what like the whole thing with like Ahsoka and Cal Calrissian is. Is that like yes, you have a handful of them doing their own thing, but you're not like they're never going to be able to accomplish much. I and know, I think it, that's what makes the Luke thing so powerful is that because of his connection to. Anakin slash Vader is what gives him his power in dismantling Palpatine's hold on Anakin. Yeah. And I guess that's like, it's just, it's just a real shame to me, like narratively speaking that Ahsoka didn't bite the dust like prior to return of the Jedi. But that's that's the thing though. I don't, I don't think it matters. Like Ahsoka, like you said, she's just so much, she's just so much more powerful than Luke. I don't think she, I, but again, I, the thing, but this goes back to like the reason why people are still upset about the last Jedi is that like Luke is also not space Jesus. None of them are space Jesus. Except for Luke. He was built built to be space Jesus. No, I, that's cultural context seeping into, into the, into the fabric of the story. Which are, which does make for very funny Christmas cards. I will say when you put uh, Obi Wan yeah. on the card, it looks great. <laughs> Jesus, but no, honestly, you wouldn't make the Ahsoka uh, Space Jesus argument if it wasn't for the new show that that uh, the Tales of the Jedi, the first one. I mean, the first couple of them. Also, the fact that she's important enough to like be talking to Ray from the grave in Episode Nine, and like the fact that so I, is Freddie Prince Junior. So like that does not mean much. Yeah, they really that was. Like they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for characters for that. Because so are they gonna move? Are they gonna move that forward though? Since she's not a Jedi, or is anyone ever gonna be in a relationship again in Star Wars? In Andor, they have relationships. uh, It's crazy. It's off the rails. You know the thing. The thing with the other interesting thing. The one interesting thing about the Ahsoka show, I that I find is like it looks like through flashbacks you're gonna have like either a different actress or a CGI Ahsoka voiced by Ashley Eckstein as like, like younger version of Ahsoka where she somehow morphs into Rodar- Rosario Dawson at some point. Oop, top. And that, so you're like, they're going to, I mean, they're going for it. They're going to do some clone wars flash live action flashbacks. Like, well, that's, but like, that's where the money is right now. Like even with the, the, the stupid Indiana Jones five trailer, like the best shot in that entire trailer is like, uh, de-aged Harrison Ford and you look at that shot and like you're like oh my god like this does not look like an effect this looks like well, 1980s Harrison Ford it does and it it, it does uh, almost 
I, I wanted to bring this up when you were talking about, yeah, let, they kicked over our droid. Let's punch some space Nazis. I was about to bring it back to Indiana Jones and be like, oh, yeah, wait, why do people like Indiana Jones again? Oh, yeah, he punched Nazis. Yeah, let's get him back to punching some Nazis. Like, I watched that trailer. I don't want to get any spoilers or find anything, but I, I really have no idea what's going on. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and Indy's there. I have no idea what the plot of this is supposed to be. I just wish they wouldn't have showed us Sala's entire role in the trailer. <laughs> he drops Indy <laughs> off at the airport, and that's it. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, oh my mark God. my words, mark my words. That's it. You get that scene and that's it. Oh my God. Is it something where he's going to go back to all the old spots? Are we going to see him uh, with the ball again? Or is he, are we going to see him with, you know, they're going to touch on all the things we like, except I just want a flashback from the novel, Indiana Jones and the dinosaur eggs. Oh my God. That's a deep cut. Okay. I, I, every week I'm, I feel tempted to ask this. How are they going to write Mutt out of the movie? Are they get itchy, scratchy, and poochy him where he had to go back to his home planet? I'll tell you right now, he's going to write his dad a letter where he's like somewhere in South America because he was so entranced by Mayan culture that he like just moved down there and he has no access to telecommunications. But did he like my? <laughs> but did, like, shouldn't like, are they really going to just be that ham fisted with it or are they going to yes. even try to like, <laughs> Joe, just like, just like very defeated nodding, just being like, it's going to be a sarcastic moment. It's like, mm, he's probably swinging on vines and he's going to move on. Not even a picture because they don't want to remind you. You went to college. He's getting his like, his like third doctorate. No, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. He's like Van Wilder. Yeah, he's been he's in college for 10 doctorate. years. Yeah, but but no, no, but like no, I think I think it'll be a letter, not even a picture, because they don't even want to remind you of his like. They don't want to pay Shia LaBeouf yeah. any money. Period. They don't want to make you think of the movie. He got killed in Korea. <laughs> I don't know where, where they, they could do maybe, that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was part of the JFK assassination. Like we, I don't know. Oh my god! You're trying to figure out what they could do with it. Where the time period is in this? I think Crystal Skull was uh, what late mm-hmm. 50s, yep. maybe. Mid-50s. It was the CIA, indie. <laughs> Off screen, he's gonna he's gonna be done. You remember that time that they the that they abducted Indiana Jones in the middle of the night so he could look at the bodies from the Roswell crash. <laughs> I forgot that's a line of dialogue. <laughs> Can we please like, like there, there's got to be somebody out there that'll do like, oh god, not knockoff, but just like un like oh god, unofficial like Indiana Jones novels, and it's like all these weird like Rush. You must there must be like a market for that like conspiracy theory like events. You don't even need unofficial ones. There, well, there's a guy already. His name is Josh Gates. And he actually goes and does that. Expedition Unknown. He dresses like Indiana Jones. He goes out, looks for cryptids and monsters. They, they, that already exists. Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, like, no, no. But taking the IP of Indiana Jones oh. and plugging it into, like, oh, God, like, was it the Kexburg, like, UFO incident? I think the comics do that. Like, that'd be great. Like, there's a, okay, there, there's an official Indiana Jones comic wherein he rides a dragon. <laughs> that's that's so stupid though like i'm laughing but it's stupid like it's it real. needs to be like i don't know like oh god ross you 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 obviously you're the expert on all this what is the incident i can't oh god i haven't tipped my tongue i can't think of the name though the one in russia where like all the campers were like horrifically mutilated like in the, yeah love that past. should be yeah, like sure. indiana jones should be taking care of that that'd be great you're right it was it was hypothermia. That's why he took their clothes off. And he figures it out, but then a monster attacks exactly. him. Exactly. Like that'd be great. Like you're telling me there's not a market for that. Like I guarantee you, you like the three of us. 
and like a six pack of beer could come up with probably a better script than this fifth Indiana Jones movie. That's true, man. I could just put all the cryptids on a dartboard and throw it at <laughs> all right. All right. Indies go to this country to find this guy. Well, the, the, the abominable snowman of Tibet is already canon in Indiana Jones. So it was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's like a footprint cast in the bar. So exactly. You know, there's an option. The Ohio grass, man. <laughs> he just goes to the most mundane oh, yeah. city in like the Midwest. And it's like, I'm going to figure this one out, Marion. Like, like <laughs> it writes itself. Yeah. And there's tons of them. Like, okay. It's real quick. Just going to Harrison Ford, just like being like a grumpy old man. What do we think now that he's going to be part of the Marvel machine? Like he's going to be uh, fat. Oh God. Thunderbolt. I, I, I know this is more of a Zenger topic. But like Thunderbolt Ross, like we're getting like Harrison Ford, who does not care, is going to replace. Um, oh God, what's his name? Oh my God, I almost said Thunderbolt. The guy who's been playing Thunderbolt Ross since the uh, Ed Norton. Yeah. Ed oh Norton God, version. Joe. Okay, Joe's Joe's got to put his headphones. It's back not. In. It's not Sam Elliott, is it? Yeah, it is that, Sam Elliott. Oh my God, that's the, that, no. It's a guy who looks like him. Not Sam. Oh, the guy who died. The Sam Elliott was the first version. of Yes, him, right? that was yeah, yeah. Joe, Who played? William oh, Hurt. William Hurt. William Hurt. Thank you. William Hurt. Joe. Oh my God. Grab the dragon by the tail. <laughs> wow. That is That's a hardcore flex right there, Joe. Oh, Joe's got. This is why this needs to be a video show. Look for that maybe in the future. We, we, we do need to. Uh... Yeah, post that in the group, Joe, before we forget. Um, yeah, Joe's got OG Indiana Jones comics where he does way dumber stuff than even in Crystal Skull. They need to put the giant book of those comics out, then I'll buy them. I'm sure that exists. All right, now this, yeah, this is, uh, I know this is not official media, but just got all these great Indiana Jones comics I'm getting very jealous of seeing. Oh, man, that's where you got, they should just, they should have just literally just made the script from those comics and animated the whole thing like Avatar. (laughs) Wait, now he's holding up Mutt Williams comics. These look bootleg. Did you draw these yourself, Joe? Where did these come from? Spoilers. They're AI art. Oh my, yeah, that's great. There we go. Now we figured it out. Now I know I'm doing for the rest of the night. But okay. Wait, Mutt Williams, what, Indiana Jones writing to Mutt Williams. Is that going to be uh, on yeah, a dragon? Yeah, the AI prompt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To, to bring this back to Star Wars and just the uh, the the weird sort of black hole in for Star Wars content, both in a good way and a bad way. I feel like Chris would be a great one to answer this first. Which is Which do you think we'll get first? That Knights of the Old Republic redo or a Star Wars, any Star Wars movie? The game's never happening, so a movie. Okay, 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 I'll swap out. Which do we get first, a Star Wars movie or Star Wars Eclipse? Eclipse. (laughs) So the game that has a tentative release date of 2027, we will be getting first. Versus movies that have no tentative release date. A movie that doesn't even have a script yet. Yeah. But then again, that's how Force Awakens got set up. Here's a date from Bob Iger. <laughs> Figure it out, guys. I don't care that it's literally like the most important movie ever. Here's you have you have 600 days. Go. <laughs> that's how all quality entertainment is made. Here is a date. Good luck. Isn't that how they made Alien Cube? It was like, here's your poster and date. Figure it out. 
on Earth, no one can hear you. On Earth, everyone can hear you scream. The difference there is that, like, the the stakes were a lot lower, you know? Like, it's just, like, that had that series had already pretty much said everything it had to say. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, I mean, you could say that about Star Wars for sure by the time Episode 7 comes out. But, um, you know, like, it's just, it's, I, I'm just saying, like, there could, you, you could have Bob Iger be like, I'm back on the job. Maybe he are, maybe that date already exists internally. And like, here's when the next movie's coming out and he'll go through three or four directors and the waste half the time. And then finally they'll agree on somebody and he'll have a year to do it. Maybe. I don't know. Cause like, I don't even know. Cause what? Cel- when's celebration London? Is that April? I think, I think it's March actually. I should check that. It's March. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It comes out the same yeah, around the same time as Jedi survivor. So like, they have to announce something, right? Or is it just going to simply be like, here's Skeleton Crew? You're going to see something May the 4th. Oh. Mandalorian will be on currently. I, 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 wait, no, by May the 4th? It's uh, it's in, on an, it's in March 1st or something. Okay. How many episodes? Isn't there only eight episodes per Mandalorian season? So far, yeah. But there's literally no rules. <laughs> of any kind fair fair well no i'm looking i just want to see real quick how many i mean things- it depends if you count the book of boba fett as mandalorian episodes which it basically is navro <laughs> might argue with that like whoa, whoa 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 hold on now this i got my universe i let him borrow my guy for an episode that's about it okay does boba fett show up in mandalorian season three absolutely worse does he get more boba fett episodes <laughs> There's more Boba Fett no. in Mandalorian. Like it becomes so weird inverse. Like eventually Din Djarin becomes Boba Fett and Boba Fett becomes the Mandalorian. As as God intended it always, <laughs> yeah. as Space Jesus intended for them to eventually for Boba Fett to actually be Boba Fett instead of being Boba Fett that we saw. Yeah, it's like an, it's like you know, it's like um Boba Fett is a is a creed. <laughs> you know, somebody else just steals his costume and it's just good enough. Just like um uh, like what's his what's his name from the like comically western town on Tatooine? Who oh, play, who plays Boba Fett for Cobb a weekend? Vance. <laughs> Cobb Vance, sure. I have a great I have a great T shirt that is it's Cobb Vance yep. in the Boba yep. Fett costume, and it says the Mandalorian above it. It is the most confusing shirt ever. I'm waiting for someone to call me on. Be like, that's not the Mandalorian. Like, oh, I know. Another bootleg product, Russ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to wear that shirt and bring my episode two lunchbox with the fake uh, scene of Dooku and Anakin fighting on it. And the mug. You're drinking out of the one thermos as you have the mugs in the other hand as you're wearing the shirt. I'm going to do that. That's where I'm going to be at, at, uh, at uh, Celebration London for me. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm like 50-50 whether I'm going to go at this point. But if I can get if I get a free ticket, I'll go. There's like, I have a couple of possibilities. Oh, you're Canadian, right? You guys are all connected. I'm sure you will let you over there. It's it's just as much work as it would be for you at this point, obviously. You know, it's pretty far. No, but you also you also actually uh, work with a lot of great UK Star Wars guys and podcasters and collectors, Vintage Rebellion and all those guys. Yeah, if they get a table, I will probably go just because then because, you know, those exhibitor badges are like. I had an exhibitor badge for the last two celebrations. I've never gone to a celebration without an exhibitor badge. I don't think I could do it now. Too much lines. 
I would like to hear Zach's or or, uh, or Joe your reaction to listen to an episode of Generation Skywalker, the British Star Wars podcast, where if they start every show talking about all the stuff they've bought in the last week, it's just every episode is insane. We're like, are these guys millionaires? Why? They're like, well, I picked up this and this and this and this. Every every episode, it's it's great. It's it's a bunch of British guys. Oh, it's fantastic! Got these great erasers. They were like. 20 of them from 1979 and I've, you know, three, 400 quid, but you know, worth it, you know, for the thing every week, every, it's, a, it's, a, it's great. You, you have to get through like eight hours before you can even understand them. And then all of a sudden you'll be <laughs> or like, le- oh, or learn that it's not just one yeah. guy talking to himself. Like, oh, these are different guys. Yeah. The accent dissolves in your brain after about eight hours before that you can't understand them. Mm-hmm. That's my plug, Generation Skywalker. And there's a guy in there who's a ray collector, but like my, the British version of me. And I tried to even reach out to him, and he ignored me. So I'm like, right. <laughs> oh, jeez. We're fighting. Uh, you you messaged Pete, and he didn't respond to you. I'm going to get on his case. But that's a uh, vintage. <laughs> of course, vintage Chris is on first name basis with this individual. <laughs> well, that, that's that's vintage rebellion, not Generation Skywalker. But your confusion is understandable. Oh my god! What, what, I am such a novice right now. The British guys, they're one thing. Oh my god. All right. Is there anything else about Andor that everybody seems to love so much yet like as a Star Wars touch point we've already forgotten both on this episode and as Star Wars fans at large? I haven't forgotten. I mean, it kind of makes you proud to be into Star Wars a little bit for me. Like, I'm like, this was this was well done. Uh, I, I, there's nothing I'm cringing at going, why do I even like this stupid thing anymore? Like, is there I, one character in all of Andor that's as memorable as Rogan? Like, as much as Chris hates Rogan, no, he's memorable because he's just like the equivalent of the bus driver, like taking the kids like like on the field trip. Like... I didn't really think about that guy until I heard Chris talk about how his ship has no uh, – he has no deck on the ship. I don't know what, what he's flying with this little panel on the wall. The guy makes no sense. That whole thing – I didn't even think about any of that because of all the other nonsense going on in Obi-Wan. But I, I appreciate Chris uh, pointing that out. And, hey, in this, at least the band leader flies the ship, and it, there's an actual cockpit involved and everything at the end of Andor. So that that's a plus. Luthen is worth – like 10,000 Rokins. <laughs> is, is that how we start defining character wars? How many Luthans there yeah, were? Like, no, well, I mean, it's like if they were, if they both had their own, like Luthan and his ship is, could easily defeat 10,000 Rokins. I have a feeling that Luthan and that ship could have single-handedly taken down the Death Star. I feel like if they just told that guy, like, I'm telling you, he's Bruce Wayne, he's Batman, he is that of Star Wars. He's just like the old man. Exactly. Like Galen, oh God, Galen Urso should have been like Luthan. I put a, a thermal exhaust port that can, if you shoot a proton torpedo down, it will b- rupture the this, 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 and you will have been like, done. Like, like I really feel Got like- Got it. Directed by Gareth Edwards, the end. Pretty much. Like, kind I of. feel like, again, Luthen single-handedly pretty much disabled a, oh God, not the equivalent of like an Imperial Star Destroyer, but like pretty darn close. The closest thing to a Spaceballs ship we might get in a Star Wars show. <laughs> so I was like, that, that, that radar dish is a little ridiculous. Like, no, 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 they need that. Okay. There's only one person who would raspberry me. <laughs> that's, that's the, okay. But like, the, that's the ultimate. Now you feel like Han is kind of like, a dingus because like like all you have to do is release like a like a case of ball bearings anytime someone gets you in a like tractor beam and it will just like wreck their ship 
I guess it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like resisting the police when they try and pull you over, though. Like, well, after you, you've really committed once you unleash the ball bearings. So like, you better be ready to run. <laughs> well, we know that you can't. it's hard to replace things on the Falcon, like escape pods and everything else. So he probably did it at some point, And he's like, well, I don't have those anymore. I'm like, Chewie, you get any more of those? He's like, no. That's what he tried to do when he was boarded. And he had to, like, dump his, like, cargo for Java. Like, that's what the incident was. He thought it would like fall in their radar dish. Be like, ha They're like, no, it doesn't work like that. Star destroyers have tractor beams, right? Yeah, that's how the Tantive Four gets captured. Yeah, yeah, the blockade runner. Yeah, I don't know, man. Clearly. I thought they disabled that. Oh, no, I guess they had to get them first. Yeah, you're right. They had that giant radar inside the ship. They just you didn't get to see it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, did that was that giant comical radar dish actually a, like? critical component of a tractor beam i guess that's what they're implying in and or and that's why that's why that ship is never seen again thereafter like we, we really have to upgrade this we've got we've got guys in shuttlecrafts and basically winnebago's <laughs> throwing rocks at us knocking <laughs> our tractor beams out we gotta i know the death star is important but like if we can we fix like our normal policing of space that we're trying to do here immediately like, phased out after that incident yeah well, I have a question. Like, like Chris said, we see that ship in the deleted scenes for Solo. Like, that's how like Solo gets like court-martialed in the Empire. Is there a chance that's the exact same ship? There was only one of them, and Luthen destroyed it. Like, it was it's it's like the prototype, and he destroys it. Like, on its, it's the Titanic of Imperial vessels. On its first mission, it just gets immediately disabled, and it's like. Solo was being taken out of that ship like immediately before that happened. Like he's court martial, get him out of here. And that shuttle's leaving as Luthen is blowing. Yeah, it's it going up, to. You know? If only that tractor beam dish were entirely cosmetic. <laughs> oh my god! And I will say, speaking of giant dishes, I, I will admit I did go back and watch the last two episodes of Andor before we did this, and I did forget that there is an after credit scene. I don't know if I even watched it the first time because it's not that Correct. memorable. But you do get that closure of what exactly were those guys building that whole time that was so important, and then you see little bug droids crawling around, putting those pieces <laughs> together, and of course. It's the yeah. Death Star. Joe's looking at me like, wait, there's an after credit scene? Like, wait. I was talking a lot of crap about that scene on our last recording. But uh, I think I said it was literally garbage. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, the, you know what would have been a, like, if they needed to tell the audience something obvious with an after credit scene, maybe they could have shown uh, Kino's dead body after he starved to death after like two months of not being able to swim. That would have been a better after credit sequence. Or Kino yeah. crawling around, putting those pieces together. Like, I'm still out here working these. I'm sticking with this till the end with a helmet on. No, he's got a lot of those little cells that he could just go in and get <laughs> that true. yogurt out. Yeah, he's the last guy there. He's sitting there taking everyone's rations. He's like, all I want. The Imperials show back up and he's like, yeah, I, you know, I didn't really agree with the, the escape plan. I just wanted to stay here and not get in trouble. Like I actually tricked them all into jumping into that water. They're all dead. They can go down and get them. Like, well, thank you, Kino. Imagine an after credit scene where they're all just floating there. They, they recollect the, they re like the Imperials recapture, recapture the prison. Right. And Kino's the only guy working. <laughs> <laughs> what a great after credit sequence that would be. Oh man. Thousands of people were just bossing him around to make those things. He's running to every station, competing against himself. Just the shop floor with only him. Yeah. My quotas built. <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been great. I'm the best one you got. Now see, that's it's too you know, that was the original plan, but they're like, that's too dark, guys. Come on. Stop that. That's if it was five seasons instead of 
however many they have now. Too. Yeah. Like we told you we should have gotten droids. Like, well, that it was supposed to be five originally, right? Like I remember reading about that. Yeah. And you could actually tell it. It was supposed to be longer because at those last couple episodes, they started, they started actually almost shortening how things were. It was it's a almost like faster as pace. a culture, we forgot how to make a 24 episode uh, series. How long was he in that like chronological? I think like three movie? months. Like, was he in there six months, three yeah. months or something? I was like, I was gonna say maybe they could use that as a good time jump, but the, it, I guess they didn't. Well, I I saw something. Uh, I think based on um, it it it. I think they it was on Marva's like sort of like brick tombstone where they sort of reference. I it might be the first time they reference like the actual year in star wars and it's like the way it lined up it was like there's a year on marva's tombstone brick that corresponds to being like like five years before a year where the last two digits are 77 so like star wars like a new hope takes place at something 77 in star wars universe but it's not yeah it's not 19 but it's a something 77 interesting touch that they actually like specified an actual year in star wars like 83 72 or something interesting so it's like what's the what's the what's the beginning of the of the uh accepted uh calendar in in the star wars universe like what was the first life day of course yeah there's the first life day eight thousand years ago yeah (laughs) all these pieces sorry wookies Madness. Sheer madness. Good stuff. It's good to be back. I will say that, like, the one thing I did come is to bring this back to Kino and, like, the thing of I can't swim. It reminded me of that. Again, this is another thing where Zenger would appreciate, like, that bit from The Simpsons where, like, the girls, like, in the gymnasium, like, up, like, high, like, holding on to the bars. And she's like, Hello, Mrs. Pommelhorse. I'd like to get down now, please. Like, she's hanging up there. Like, I, I just. Like, am I the only one that during that whole Kino thing at the end where he's like, I can't swim. I'm like, just like, like blank this show. I'm like, this like, again, it's so thematically, it's so thematically hollow outside of just empire bad. Like, I just, I just don't know. I just, like, I, I, I didn't. Well, it's I, not though. This is, but it's the least bad the empire has ever been. Is it? It's like the empire. It's most like, kind of just like. Eh? Like they just don't care. It's the most relatable, realistic depiction of the Empire, like ever. Well, yes, sure. but like, but this is like again, this is what makes Star Wars. Like, I remember once there was a Pablo Hidalgo like Twitter thread where he's like comparing. That's your first problem, but oh, go ahead. Well, okay, f- whatever. But he brings up a valid point. He's like, "Have you ever thought about how like, oh god, oh god, what was his rank? Gergerod? Was he? What is he? Moth." Moth, okay. And you think about him, like, he just does, like, he cares about his job, and that's, like, he cares about it the same way, like, an administrator cares about their job. He's just like, I need more men. And then, like, you... He's a foreman. Exactly. And he's just like, you juxtapose him to, like, Tarkin and Krennic and Thrawn, and, like, he's just an administrator. Like, like that's, he does not care about anything on a larger scale. He's just like, I'm given a deadline. And that's the extent of his commitment to this. Yeah, but it's really a, it's really a, just a, the universe wasn't fleshed out enough to point out that that guy clearly shouldn't have been a moth. Because, like, first of all, moths don't have to wear stupid hats. 
clearly that is evident in the rest of <laughs> Star Wars canon. And secondly, he's clearly not making any decisions besides getting the Death Star delivered on time. So I think that the ranks just weren't established. Well, I think that's the evolution of Vader, though, over those three films is that, like, he was kind of, like, almost shoulder to shoulder with a lot of those guys in A New Hope. And by Empire, as he's strangling everybody around him, they're just like, all right, well, no one's really going to take any kind of big lead in anything. Just say yes. We need more guys. We'll do it. Whatever. Stay alive. But that's but that's what makes Star Wars so fun and clunky is that, like, you have an evil space wizard at the head of, like, this huge bureaucracy. And it's like yeah. – like, think about it. Like, Tarkin clearly was the head of the bureaucracy. Like, I, I know even some of the comics, they make that abundantly clear. Like, Vader was the enforcer, basically. Like, again, he was – Vader was the Gestapo. And – Oh, that's such a – I love where you're, where you're going with this. Like, I so badly want to see – how to what degree Palpatine is engaged in the minutia of like the running of the galaxy? I don't think he probably doesn't know. Like, like I, again, I can't imagine Palpatine's probably taking a nap half the time, and so like he doesn't care just to keep everybody bored. You know what I mean? Like, does he become like addicted to smoking or like just like watching <laughs> videos? Like, what is like what is he like? What he just talks to the ISB guy. The ISB guy actually mentions uh, the Emperor and stuff. I kind of like that towards the end of you Andor mean, too. Like, the Emperor got a couple little mentioned barely got any mentions but you know yeah he's got he's got the imperial security guys out there doing stuff he's got his eyes everywhere he's got probe droids he's got vader he doesn't need these top diplomats i guess uh, they've already like well we made a death star once with tarkin and and, and krennic and all them we can do it again we don't need that i just love it because like you know the like uh the beautifully prophetic opening two pages of alan dean foster's adaptation of the a new hope script says that the emperor like is just out of touch and like his his lackeys are running the show and he doesn't pay attention to anything anymore like that's in the f- the first two pages of, of the star wars novelization that he's like just like totally disconnected from the goings on of the galaxy Once you kill the jedi you could take a couple decades off right it's like look i mean come on yoda he's defeated if he's even out there obi-wan Vader, get to him out of your head i know he's probably out there who cares Vader, we got stuff to do. That that was the one moment where we did get to see Emperor being a little hands-on going, hey, buddy, right here. Snap out of it. Don't worry about that guy. You're, you're messing stuff up. It's not that yeah, important. Yeah, you forget that he literally saw Yoda escape too, and he's not worried about it. But that's what I mean, though. I think, like, that's what, again, the thing with Luke Skywalker is that Luke Skywalker's power is not derived from him being space Jesus. It's his powers derived from this is the one person that can like take vi- uh, the emperor's ultimate enforcer and turn him to the light side. I think that's where Luke's power comes into all this. It's not a like, oh god, a oh god, a a divine power that's bestowed upon him. I think it's just to, again, it's the whole family thing. Right, but when Lucas made those two movies, he was the only Jedi left, and it would have been weird in Lucas's mind if there were other Jedi monkeying around. He just happened to set something up that worked out well, yes. I know, then Lucas decided to have children and decided to make Vader the tragic hero. Anakin is the tragic hero in the original trilogy, too. It's not, not it's really. all there. It's all there, no, it's, man. It's the whole point of Return of the Jedi is that the son redeems the father of his sins. And then when you go back to the prequel, when he makes the prequel trilogy, it's that, no, 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 the father was not evil. But the father has to die. He did all the right things, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Or free or free will doesn't exist, but either way. Sure. <laughs> tomato, tomato. But And that's the thing that makes, 
again, Star again, you have to and then like everybody gets mad about Disney's involvement with this, but I think it make if you look at the sequel trilogy relative to what I just stated, and you take Ray as the oh god, the encapsulation of Disney Star Wars, it's somebody trying to graft their name onto the lineage. And so it works in that sort of guise, I think. It's so amazing to me that like every time someone says a sentence like you just did, it's like I'm, all at once I remember the sequel trilogy exists. <laughs> in the best way. It, it, you can't escape from it, Chris. It is what it is. <laughs> we will there will be another trilogy. All the, the the same this is all still going on. And I know we've talked about major announcements. And I do think they, they are either this year or next. They will announce that it might be three or four years off, but they will announce that they will keep the Yeah franchise going away from tv away from cartoons they will go back and find some way to do it and we can thank avatar 2 for that <laughs> hell yeah jimmy c hell yeah but like I said, again I, I would say probably no later than oh god 2030 you'll probably get the episode 10 announcement oh come on no no come on man it gotta be before that they have to i would be shocked if we i don't be surprised don't be surprised, like, come 2025 that we don't get the episode 10 announcement. Because they're going to figure that there's money there. You wait and see. It's way, it's way sooner than it sounds for us. I think it's sooner. I think it's sooner. It'll come out 26, 27. I think the announcement will come within a year or so. Yeah. What they're going to do is they're going to announce it in 2025 with an estimated arrival date of, like, 2028. That's the Star Wars we like the best. It's the one where they throw all the, when they throw all the money at it. All the money is on the screen. All the big movies again, and it'll be even crazy. What do you guys think about like Daisy Daisy Ridley posting that she was like having a meeting at Lucasfilm? My heart skipped a beat. I'm excited. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. But look, dude, uh, this whole season I could only find a Ray bookmark. <laughs> like Ray, you got to give her some more Ray stuff out there. There's nothing mm -hmm. out there. They have dried up the sequel trilogy. As someone who oh is always on the lookout for Ray stuff. I mean, yeah, he's BB-8. Russ. But Ross, did you see there like like Amazon has an exclusive like Funko Pop of Ray from the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker of her like meditating? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, it comes out I think next month. Okay. I pre-ordered it like three months ago, so I'm excited. Nice. I would like it, I would be into like a theatrical uh post-sequel trilogy movie if it's like not called episode ten. Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins. Well <laughs> <laughs> Ray Squadron, directed by Ross. <laughs> I mean, even though Ray would clearly be the best fighter pilot, so she would be in Rogue Squadron if there was such a thing. But um, no, I mean, like if there was a, a like, you, it's like you got two and a half hours, do something interesting with Ray as just one movie. It would probably be way more interesting than the sequel trilogy. So I'd be into it. She knows her way around an AT-AT, uh, Ray AT-AT commander. And she's not in an X-Wing. She's just taking AT-ATs around very slowly. <laughs> be interesting she gives him the run i don't know those are scary they go fast now <laughs> they go fast now yes pops the wheels on their roller skating on an 18 can you imagine just like like uh, like if the if the first order uh at at-80s which i forget what theirs are called but imagine if like it looked exactly like an ad at except for instead of legs it just had like four repulsory lifts underneath and you're like too bad you got we got you this time guys you're not gonna be you're not gonna be tripping us with cables we got we got the exact thing but it floats towards you like all of our other stuff the floating dogs they're heading towards us 
That would have been funny. That, okay, but going back to the ones from from the, the first order at At Walker, so I think they're called like eight, oh god, I forget what they're called, but they have like on the like shin plates, like those things like when you go into like parking lots and they don't want you like paid parking lots when you leave and they have like like the reverse like spikes on them so you can't get in. I like how like whoever did the design of that built those into like the shit bites. So if you try and putting a cord around it, it would immediately be like severed. Like again, I did not notice that. That's funny. Horrifically goofy that like that's in a $250 million star Wars movie. They paid someone probably like a six figure salary for that. They had a meeting about, after Hoth, they, they, the Empire definitely had a meeting about, oh, hold on. Now, there is a, definitely a design flaw here. Now, we are known for some embarrassing design flaws, i.e. Death Star. Ball bearings. Anyway, forget it. We cannot have our giant metal dogs being taken down by ropes in the snow planet. This is not good. <laughs> we can make these better. And what's so funny is that, like, it only happened to two of them. Like, Chris, you probably know. How many AT-ATs were there at the Battle of Hoth? Like, what, over a dozen probably? I think it only shows – it either shows three or four at once. That's it. Yeah, something like that. Okay, I, I don't mean, like, physically in the movie, but I mean, like, I imagine there's some canon book that probably says specifically how many were present during the land battle. Yeah, but but there's that – you know, you have the, uh, the iconic uh, – uh, but binocular shot where like the guys looking like at them way in the distance three. and it's only three or four. Like you'd, if there was a bunch, you'd probably see them in but that like, shot. I, what you would presume they were deployed from the superstar destroyer, right? They're really expensive, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but like in rebels, like they have the, uh, the Thrawn has like the, I guess the earlier model of them and like Kanan just like cuts their legs in half. Like it's that simple. Like, like a lightsaber can just kind of cut through them like a, like a hot knife through butter. It's like, this seems also like a horrific design flaw. Even in Battlefront, it takes a while to take them down with a lightsaber, as anyone who's played the Hoth level there. But yeah, no, but I mean, you know, that's just, uh, that's, that's, that's nonsense done after the fact by zealots. <laughs> I think, but isn't that all? Isn't that what Star Wars is at the end of the day? Like nonsense created by zealots after the fact. Isn't that what all of this is? Yeah, that's what makes Last Jedi so fun. Do bringing up the uh, any kind of ATATs or Walkers or anything like the, the Last Jedi. That's all great. We we are built up to think that uh, that Luke is going to take on the Empire all by himself. And what greater uh, personification of the Empire than Kylo Ren yelling to for all his ATATs to just shoot immediately over and over and over, and then finding out it's such a ruse. It's, Grateful. Yeah, that was good. That was great. That was good. But then you have, but but before that, you have f- five or six like roided out Kylo Ren adats, all sort of walking towards the door, and and Poe and Rose are just sitting in front of them for like ten minutes. And they're the only thing on the battlefield. They're just sitting there. These adats are walking towards them. And not a single shot is fired. It's really remarkable. What do you mean, like in this in the ski speeders? Yeah, like they're just, Rose and Finn are just chilling out there for a while and just like okay. To be fair, at that cur- I, I get what your your point you're making, but like they're they're using the Death Star tech to blow a giant hole like in the shield door, oh, and then man. and then like they already bl- they already blew it up. Like they didn't like they're not going around like this isn't like World War II where they're trying to shoot people like parachuting out of planes. Like if they already shot it down, they figured they're dead. Yeah, do you remember in uh in uh Empire Strikes Back that obscure film where after the shield generator is blown up and Adat specifically picks off two or three separate individual men? It's like a some pot shots at a few guys. Treat Williams <laughs> yeah, takes a pot awesome. shot running around. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, no, maybe the first order takes prisoners. I don't know. Blame. 
All right. <laughs> Maybe they need stormtroopers. They they need to recruit more of the galaxy. Yeah. Well, you know, but all this to say, I swear Andor was definitely good. And uh, just because <laughs> just because Zach didn't want to talk about it in in uh, when it was recent and fresh doesn't mean that it's not good. Hey, 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 who wants to talk about that when Disney swaps out CEOs? Like, come on. We all know one's infinitely more important to Star Wars at large than the other. I was going to say, people are swapping out CEOs. People are swapping out crappy toys in boxes with no plastic <laughs> on it. Like, lots of stuff's getting swapped out. There's a lot of important Star Wars topics going on. And Andor is still the most recent uh, Star Wars thing. Maybe not. Maybe Tales of the Jedi came out after. Who knows? I don't think so. Around the same time. But we, it's important to finish off Andor. I think it's good. I'm looking forward to season two. I, did you guys actually think that um, K2SO would show up in this season? It, uh, I was kind of shocked that we were not introduced to that whole arc at all in this. I think that's going to be good to fill in in the second season. Yeah, they said he wasn't going to show up. They like straight up. They didn't want people crying that he didn't show up. So they just told everyone in advance. So we put one in there. So people who are casually watching it would be like, whoa, there he is. And, oh, no, it's just another one. It might be him. Hey, I arrested you on that beach planet. Remember that? That was good fun. Yes, remember <laughs> remember Christmas Vacation 2 where you're at the beach? <laughs> and then you went to jail for three months? I was When there was one set of footprints, that's when I was arresting you. It was with days. Oh, God. I, I know you're going to wrap up, but do you still think, like, another, like, ignorant fan speculation that B2 Emo's consciousness will somehow be put into K2SO? Do you guys still think that's in the cards? Oh my god, that's a thing? That was a thing for a long time, yeah. No, it's going to be put into Borgullet. And Borgullet will, that's that's what the Borgullet does is to torture people by whining like yeah. B.E. Emo the entire time to him. And that was drives them crazy. I didn't think that until B2 Emo survived season one. So now I'm just not sure. You always say that. What if Roken shows up in season two? Yes, Absolutely. Please. As I, as I said, Roken doesn't exist in the <laughs> Gilroy verse. That's the thing, though. It Now, season one went off without a hitch with, with almost no one's hands on it except for Gilroy. Now that it's got some pull behind it, you don't think that the executives are going to sit there and muddy the waters? Yes, they're going to ruin it, Joe, but let us enjoy nice things the one time they come along. I'm getting broken so confused with Andy Circus. What's Andy Circus's guy's name again? No. Kino. Yeah, Kino was all like, he's going to survive. And you were like, you said you can't swim. He's going to be like, I never said that. Roken picked me up. I don't know why I have that. He's named after studio lighting equipment, by the way. <laughs> That's when you spent too much time at the green screen doing the uh, the CGI stuff where you, you're, you're referencing the camera lighting gear. And of course, yeah. Chris would know this immediately. There's no other Kinos in the world, so it's got to be it. I thought it was named after a game. I quit. <laughs> All right, so concludes this. This has been fun. Too much fun. Yes. Episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader into Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. At KOV Podcast on Instagram. Please follow it so Chris can sit there, um, do Chris things. He can tell you about how terrible Roken is and how great Kino is and how he is a uh, not the worst swimmer. If you ask me about Roken, yes, by all means, ask Chris about Roken. We should get Chris, a, Chris. We should get you a pinch when you go to these like conventions and celebrations. Just ask me my feelings on Roken. And everyone's going to be like, what? Broken, please take me to the cockpit. And you'll be like, we're already here. <laughs> yeah, it's wherever you want to be. I'm controlling this on my Star Watch. 
Indiana Jones and Roken's Starship Layout. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please rate and review, subscribe to us on iTunes, or rate us on Spotify. We would appreciate it very, very much. As I was sending Chris, we actually got a new iTunes review, and it was very much just like, it was a very bland one-sentence review. And it's like, this no good podcast, they suck. And it's like, well, that's some that's not very elaborate. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Perfect. <laughs> but if you too think that we know do podcast good, let us know so we can uh, maybe atone for our mistakes. But as always, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at Cinematis. I know in the last episode we talked about me getting Twitter amnesty. I applied for amnesty. I did not get it because apparently, once again, I was banned for abusive conduct and they still won't tell me what I did, but that was so abusive. Zach is quite an edge lord on Twitter. I'll give you that. But uh, we, we do look forward to you coming back. I, 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 too, on my proper account, I had since, oh God, summer of 2010. But when I am not begging for amnesty from Elon Musk, which sounds like a Star Wars character name, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram and in the Knights of Vader Facebook group and at KOV Podcast on Instagram. And um, I'm on Twitter in a variety of ways. There's not a Knights of Vader Twitter account, but I'm not banned on Twitter like Zach is. So you could find me on there too if you're someone. <laughs> the KOV Twitter account was also banned during that whole time period. Yeah. I Well, the regular, the regular, my regular Twitter account is not banned. So uh, amazingly, somehow, even though all the, crap i talk about roken i haven't got banned on twitter not yet interesting enough russ all right what (laughs) not yet russ what are you up to when you're not on here just go check out unbelievers podcast go check that show out and i'm gonna make a bold statement here and this is definitely knights of vader kov related i'm gonna say by the time this comes out go follow knights of vader on youtube we found a new place to get banned from so there might be a knights of vader youtube page there'll probably be nothing there but there will be soon spoilers Oh, and we're also going to participate in the third annual Star Wars Podcast Day, which is um, a bit just a bunch of shows that are posting an episode on February 7th. So you can follow them at Star Wars Pod Day on Instagram to see the other shows that are going to be posting a new episode on February 7th. And Joe, what, are, what is happening in the world of Wheels and Combos? Wheels and Combos. We just did a Christmas episode. Uh, we're next going to be doing cartoons and comics, hopefully within the next couple weeks, taking some time off for the holidays. But that's where you'll be able to find me. Cool beans. Alrighty. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. Remember Alderaan, down with the Empire! <laughs>